Hey folks, welcome in the Pro Football Ireland. We get set for week eight of the NFL season, presented by 888 Sport, the official betting partner of the NFL in Ireland and the UK. Pro Football Ireland, Ireland's biggest NFL podcast network. Michael McQuinn, you know by now, Mark Hogan, and Jason Hayes, a Tyrone, a Kildare, and a Corkman walked into a bar. What happened, Mark? Hey, as we record this, it looks like Kildare's new home ground is going to be in Crow Park, so I'm excited when you're talking about the counties. Because um, Newbridge is out of action, so they're going to put on double headers next year, Kildare, Dublin, Allianz League games, so Kildare will be playing more games in Crow Park than ever before. No, it's Allianz League. Oh, it's Allianz oh, League. Oh, the NFL. Sorry, the, the NFL. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> there you go. No, keep, keep this relevant. Division two. Let's go. For people listening that have no idea about the guy, uh, the league at the start of the year is actually abbreviated to NFL. So there you go, uh, Mr. Hayes. How are you doing? Feeling fresh? All good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rearing to go up. It's been a hectic week last week, so plenty to talk about. Ready to get into it. Beautiful, beautiful. Well, let's let's get on with week eight is a bit of a beezer, boys. I'm not going to lie to you. We are one week out from Frankfurt, from Germany, from the Schnitzel, from the Steins. I, I am uh, Danke. No, I can't even. I, I, look, I didn't do German at school, so I'm just going to leave it. I was going to say I am uh, very excited. Wiesbab was a word that I learned. Um, but it's it's a really interesting week in the sense of some of the games that come up, like Thursday Night Football, Bills at the Bucks, sorry, Bucks at the Bills, Texans at the Panthers, the rookie quarterback showdown, the Rams at the Cowboys, Vikings at the Packers, Saints at the Colts, the Patriots at the Dolphins, ooh, Jets at the Giants, the Jags at the Steelers in the Ireland battle for the NFL global markets, um, <laughs> the Falcons at the Titans, the Eagles at the Commanders, the Browns at the Seahawks, the Ravens at the Cardinals, the Chiefs at the Broncos, the Bengals at the Niners, Sunday night football, I'm off on Monday. And you just know when you're off the next day. It's an absolute beezer. It's the Bears against the Chargers. And Monday night football is the Raiders at the Lions. Let's, let's get straight into this week's conversation. I guess, Mark, just before we start, very quickly. How are you feeling ahead of this week? It's it's a wee bit scary how fast the season's dropping in, man. Yeah, it's funny because if I had to pick my headache of the week now, it's definitely like that Germany is only a week away and that I just want to get those teams there healthy. Put them in bubble wrap, please. I don't need any injuries. It's going to be your Broncos of all people are going to be the ones that like an injury happens to Patrick Mahomes or something. Don't so not going to don't, don't even say. You know what? Wait, hold on. There's, there's one thing jinxing. There is one thing jinxing Ireland in the rugby, but that, that is blasphemous, mate. We can't. That can't happen. Imagine, imagine next week. Oh my That's God. what I'm saying. I'm just, I'm just a nervous wreck. Like I always, I often feel like that in the build up to the London games, and I'm thrilled to see them. Obviously, but that game is an absolute barn burner that we're going to be seeing. So yeah, like we're a week and a half out now. And we're already thinking about it. it's insane. Jason, um, you, you've had a very topsy turvy season so far because you, you obviously had surgery. Now you're getting better. Um, it's funny how quick the weeks go in, man. But there's some great games this week, isn't there? Yeah, I can't believe it's week eight already. Um, almost midway point, I suppose. It's not midway till halfway through week nine now with the new calendar. But um, it's kind of weird that there's no bye weeks either this week, so we're getting to watch all teams play. And it seems like a very strange time to have that, you know, almost smack down in the middle of the season. You think that's a prime opportunity to take a bye. Uh, but I'm not complaining. It's a few less headaches in terms of starting in a fantasy football teams and all that. 
of which I'm doing pretty well in that league. I've beaten both of you now, quite handily. So um, I was too busy to look at my lineup. I'm not even lying. Yeah, I, yeah, I yeah right. I it's pretty awesome. Uh, but yeah, no, it's yeah. One more could you want? Every team playing. Um, Lost. Look forward to. Okay, right. Let's let's get into the action on this first segment. We're gonna look at. I have to say, when I seen this conversation, I was like, there's only one name springs into my mind. I'll go last. We've got the trade deadline coming up in the, in a little while. Uh, so let's talk about a player that realistically could be you know, gone from their team in the next matter of days. Uh, I don't know who these lads have picked because I avoid the WhatsApp conversation because I want to be surprised. I think anybody <laughs> that knows me half decently will guess who I'm going to pick. So Mark, go you first, my friend. Oh, me go first. All right, I... I... I thought there's a few names doing the rounds that I wanted to stay away from, but there's a couple that are doing the rounds probably for a good reason, and they're linked with the Washington Commanders, Montez Sweat and Chase Young in particular, just because they're young guys who are out of contract next year. But I I still see them as building blocks that you want to keep there in term, for your team. But stuck in between those on the defensive line is a guy who just made comments this week saying that he's sick of this, that it's been losses now for the last seven years, and it's Jonathan Allen. Jonathan Allen is an absolutely fantastic player, number 52 on the top 100 last year. And he, it's not to send a message, you know, I mean, it would indirectly work like that. Like, oh, if you're not happy, we'll get rid of you. We're trying to push. But it's like, yeah, Washington isn't going anywhere fast right now, and they do have to balance that line of having a record that they convince themselves that they can make a push or they can look at their own division and think, no, nothing's going to be happening here and be honest with themselves and probably reclaim. I don't know what you get for Jonathan Allen, but like surely a third, maybe a second. They would save a ton against the cap, 15 million next year, 17 million the year after that. And it's like the team that gets him is going to get an absolute leader, someone that like raz the team up before the game and in a good way, not just like a Patrick Peterson, Jason, who, you know, talks absolute nonsense and tries to get the team up for it. But I was looking at a team that had a 4-3 defense that he might work for, and I was kind of thinking like maybe the Cincinnati Bengals, he could certainly use him for the run game. I mean, like he's a, he can get his sacks definitely from the inside, from the interior, but he's definitely bringing against the run game. They have... BJ Hill there who's playing quite well this year but it's DJ Reader that maybe would be able to take a step back especially in that Lou Anarumo defense I think that um, yeah Jonathan Allen would be a fantastic fit with a number of teams with the Cincinnati Bengals if they wanted to be a bit ballsy I think for me it works DJ Reader is out of contract next year so even though this is an aging player Jonathan Allen at 28 I think it's an absolute home run for someone to uh, contend with that's a really interesting pick. Jason, who, who have you got, man? Yeah, some good names mentioned there. Uh, there's definitely a couple more that have been mentioned quite a bit, particularly DeAndre Hopkins. Um, I think the Titans really established themselves as a seller now uh, with the Bayard trade the other day. Um, so a sign that they're ready to move on from the season and potentially look towards the future. And if you're looking towards the future... Um, a player like DeAndre Hopkins, dare I say, even Derek Henry um, mightn't be the best names to hold on to. We saw the Cardinals move on from Hopkins last year for that very reason. Um, I can see a bit of a roadblock potentially in the sense that, you know, they've just signed Hopkins in the offseason. Maybe there's a pride thing that we're not going to get rid of him after seven games. 
Um, but yeah, no, it's something I'd love to see because I think he still has a lot in the tank, to be honest. And we saw seen flashes of it this year, particularly a couple of weeks ago when he uh, cracked 100 yards. Um, but in terms of potential buyer, I think Hopkins at his age now, short-term deal, he's a type of player that a team that's they know that knows they can win a Super Bowl this year and they need that final piece uh, should be looking for. And I think the Kansas City Chiefs fit that fit that um, puzzle, I suppose. Uh, they've got Rasheed Rice at wide receiver. He's their leading receiver with 305 yards, not including um, Travis Kelsey, of course. And um, they did trade for Nicole Hardman really uh, recently, but I'm not sure how much of a difference he makes. You know, he doesn't exactly excite me in that same way. So I think getting a DeAndre Hopkins to that team, they're already the Super Bowl favourite. But why not just go all in and add a piece that can really make that offense pretty much unstoppable because um, they have been good this year. Their defense has been good, but um, let's, you know, let's not take our foot off the pedal and really go for that Super Bowl with Hopkins. That is perhaps the only thing that will get rid of the Taylor Swift narrative. That'd be such a good trade. Wow. Yeah. Oh, here we go. You you spat out some contract numbers there and cap space there, Mark, but I've no idea. I didn't look that much into it. But I assume, you know, all moves are possible in the NFL. Uh, salary cap can all be moved around and I think the Chiefs will find room for him if they if they want it, basically. Because I don't think it'll take much either. Late round pick, probably one of these late round swaps that seem to be happening uh, constantly this year. Fifth or sixth or something like that. Um, definitely one that... I think just as fans, I want to see. It's funny because, like, I feel like the Chiefs, yeah, they, they are the sort of team in the in, in the position that they're in. That they'll, if they want to get something done, they'll get something done. Um, the whole thing just started. To, just to confirm, it it says on over the cap who I trust, but again, you're dead right, Jason. What does this all mean? Who knows? But it it says a trade now would actually save them eleven million if it was to all go to um, Kansas City. So yeah, the Tennessee Titans would be absolutely loving to get that money back. Let's see. Um, I, I don't want to talk about Taylor Swift. Now, that being said, I think there's been a lot of negative ne- negative comments. Not from us. because you, you lads love Taylor and I love a bit of Tete. Just from people online this week. I think I'm just trying to enjoy it now. The big question. And you know what? Let's let's do a wager off, off, off screen on WhatsApp. Will Taylor be in Frankfurt next weekend? There, there's a discussion point, boys. I think if that happens, then it is you know real love. But I've never heard as many Taylor Swift songs in my life in the last few days, and it sometimes gives me anger. But I tell you, one player that gives me anger as a fan of the Denver Broncos, and this is the guy that came in during the COVID year and was supposed to be the next Randy Moss. He was going to be the next big thing in the league, and I think everyone knows where I'm going with this. But I think it's finally time to. To say goodbye to Jerry Judy. The Denver Broncos for the last, God knows how many years now, I had hair when it last happened, but whenever the Broncos were relevant, I mean, they haven't made the playoffs since they won the Super Bowl, it's one thing, but whenever the Broncos were actually relevant in the league, they used to have a, a strong core of good players that you could potentially look at trading the different teams. And they all obviously are always going to have standout marquee players on both sides of the ball. For example, I think Justin Simmons is a great player. Alex Singleton I love, but 
when you look at 18 to 24 months ago, there was this talk whenever the season was going downhill, all the rumours started going about, oh, well, maybe they should shop certain players. Oh, maybe they should shop Jerry Judy, a guy that was supposed to be a high-end wide receiver one, an elite wide receiver for the Broncos, coming from a high-end university. And by God, I wouldn't even class him as a high-end wide receiver too, to be honest with you. I think the way that he's performed since he's come into the team has just been really, really poor. He had 64 yards last week. He literally has not reached 70 receiving yards in five out of six games this season. And he still hasn't had a 1,000-yard season with this team. And I think we're now getting to the point, and this is the issue with this player, is I don't feel like, number one, that there's going to be enough trade options for him. Like, for example, you know, the Carolina Panthers have openly come out and said that they want to get a high-end or a decent-end wide receiver to help their push this season and help them get forward. I don't think Jerry Jude is good enough. And I think what Steve Smith has said, especially on Thursday Night Football a few weeks ago, right in front of him, it's true. I, I don't think he's going to get is he's, he's going to get any trade offers. I think the Broncos should have shopped him last year, and I don't believe for a second that George Payton didn't get phone calls from teams last year. And I feel that it's poor management. But I feel on Jerry Judy's case, I feel that he's starting to become a little bit forgotten in this league. I would think if they've any sense after trading Randy Gregory for next to nothing for pennies for cents, as you boys say, I think Jerry Judy will go. What he goes for is going to be the biggest surprise. I think if you're lucky, you'll get a fifth or sixth for him. If you're lucky, he's not good enough and he won't be good enough wherever he goes. And that's my weekly rant over. Uh, does anybody want to respond to that? No, now I'm kind of like, now that you picked your team, why isn't it interesting that neither Jason or I went with Kyler Murray that I, that mm. the moved? Yeah, no, I've just said, uh, I'm excited enough to see him. I don't even want to imagine that possibility that he'll be traded off before we see his comeback. I, Hey, you know us with this podcast, as soon as we hit done, something that we forgot to talk about happens. <laughs> I mean, Absolutely. what if tonight's the night that it happens? Oh, my God. Well, look, Mark, we're running the show next week. Mick is away on holiday, so we can just absolutely <laughs> yeah, dominate it with Cardinals talk. We can let loose. <laughs> tune in for the Cardinals special next week <laughs> as we revise the first half of their season. I was going to talk about this at the end. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm in Spain next week, um, and booked a holiday six months ago forgetting that the NFL I didn't forget that the NFL season was on but I think at the time I said to myself it'll be grand I'll sort it out no it won't be grand <laughs> I'm all this like I mean I want to get stuff out <laughs> uh, yeah no I'm um, while we're breaking the news I'm going to be missing a week in December as well so uh, Jason when are your holiday dates because uh, let's go Not planned I'm too dedicated to the cause you know put the business first and all that We'll see, we'll see, we'll see. Um, yeah, so no, I'm, I'm in Spain next week. I'm actually, I'm in Barcelona. So if you see me, give me a shot. I want to shout out Ruben Vargas. I'm hopefully going to meet him for uh, Cerveza next week. So very excited for that. Talk, Maybe talk a bit of football. Maybe maybe next week is the week where they announce Madrid having a game next year. Who knows? Could you imagine the crack? I'd literally get the train down to do a video. I'm bringing the mic with me. So we'll see, we'll see. Um, okay, next topic. Everyone heard of this guy called Lamar Jackson. He's a quarterback for the Baltimore Ravens. How he played last week against Detroit almost deserves a segment in itself. But there were options for teams, Mark, to sign Lamar Jackson in the offseason. And this is, I think it's a great topic to talk about because you think of, like, it's not just as if, like, one or two teams could have went after Lamar Jackson in free agency this year. Like, r- realistically, 
you know, if it didn't work out for him, he would have played in the 32 million one-year contract with the Ravens. But how we've seen him play so far, especially against Detroit, we've seen him play in London, you feel like how the hell have some teams passed on him? And I, 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 I know you boys are going to go into sort of the teams that you feel like made a mistake. I guess the one for me would be Tennessee. I think if you look at how the Tennessee Titans have started performing this season, they trade away one of their best players this week. And they're clearly in sell mode. I mean, there's obviously rumors going around that Derrick Henry might not last the month in Tennessee. He could be gone. But we just don't know what's going to happen. You, you're, you're joking a minute ago about certain things that could happen during a podcast. Maybe Derrick Henry could be the one. I think he's the big trade that could happen this week or next week or just before the deadline, sorry, that people could have their, their hands up going, what the hell's going on here? But the Titans picked at 11. They bring in Will Levis as well in the draft. That being said, their first rounder and maybe one to two to even three picks in 24 and 25 would have been fantastic for them if the Ravens had a took it. We don't know what the situation was in Baltimore at one point, but it was not good. Tennessee had, at the time of free agency, this is the, this is the crucial point here, Tennessee had enough cap space to bring in Lamar Jackson even after committing to Ryan Tannehill for maybe one last rodeo. What were they at, Mark? What were they doing? Yeah, it's one because you started that off being like, you all heard of Lamar Jackson, right? And you'd swear, swear 31 teams in the NFL hadn't this offseason because there was like no mark and we know that. It, what, it actually went as far as May until he actually signed a contract? Uh, like people straight off the bat were talking about collusion and all this and watching him now in a new offense like that's what keeps i keep coming back to it is a new offense he's surrounded by new guys look how he's playing it's like any team that has any faith in their offensive coordinator should have been able to go out and get him in march and be ready to go any team that had aspirations of a future like he's such a young player like i know we talked about it at the time but it looks just it's it's like looking through it through a new prism now because we're seeing just how well he's playing in that new system with new guys around him and it could have been any of those 31 teams in the nfl the team that i think should have gone for him is the atlanta falcons i don't just have a gripe against desmond ritter after seeing him in london that was the worst game they've played of the year he's played better in the last three weeks but even when he's been playing better he's turned the ball over more than anyone in the nfl right now six interceptions i think it's seven fumble five fumbles two weeks ago it was three interceptions on third downs this week just gone by it was three fumbles in the red zone he has shown that he's developing his numbers are kind of in you know like the depth of target and this kind of stuff is where it was last year but why not just cut all the teething pains? The worst thing in the NFL is when your team has a borderline quarterback that you're trying to figure out. It's the Daniel Jones effect that like you have this guy that may or may not work for your team that, oh yeah, in his rookie year, he was looking good. Maybe he looks good for the end of this year, but then it's like, yeah, but what about at the start of the year? That it's that extreme frustration that like I'm talking about he should have been benched for Heineke only, what, two weeks ago. He could have skipped his learning year I don't know what Arthur Smith would have done with him. It would have been amazing. You'd imagine Lamar Jackson, that is, in this offense with all the play, or the receivers around him. I would certainly take uh, Atlanta's skill players over that in Baltimore and look what, or look how he's been elevated, or look how Lamar is elevating them. But um, yeah, the one thing that also goes for the conversation that makes me frustrated is Atlanta began the year with an easy schedule. It now has the easiest schedule through the rest of the year 
they have like the hardest teams they have to still to play is like the Vikings, the Jets, and the Colts. Other teams that they have are the Bears, the Cardinals, and the NFC South. Like they could have cakewalked to maybe a number two, if not the number one seed in the NFC with such a schedule and such a play caller, playmaker. Yeah, I, I completely agree. Jason, who I just feel like you're gonna give me a certain team, but who is it? Who is it? Um well I could I could as you guys have said, like it could be twenty five teams would be better if they had Lamar Jackson at quarterback. So the fact that nobody approached him in the offseason was surprising. I don't think it's as easy or as straightforward to say he was a free agent because at the end of the day, if a team was to pursue him, they're giving up two first round picks, which isn't a lot in the grand scheme of things for Lamar Jackson. But they also would have had to offer an inconceivable amount of money for the Ravens not to match it. I think it was almost a futility of the situation that turned general managers off more than um, not wanting Lamar Jackson. They just felt the effort wasn't worthwhile um, as well as perhaps creating a bit of unrest in their own quarterback room if they were seen to pursue Lamar Jackson and not actually get him. Um, but that said, as a team who we thought we might see um, some good things out of Sam Howell this year in Washington. Uh, but I think Lamar Jackson and that commander's team definitely elevates them from what's looking like quite a mediocre team through seven weeks to a, a playoff team, particularly in that weaker NFC West or NFC conference. Um, I think they only put seven points up against the Giants. They're the type of games you will win with Lamar Jackson at your at quarterback. They've given up the most sacks in um, and that is, that is, um, can you guys hear me? Sorry. Yes. Sorry, scream up. You're still screw here. Blank, scream up, blank, sorry. And, 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 and like, like Jason, the funny thing is, I can joke about this now, so I don't have to edit it, but what's the Wi-Fi like down in court? I'm actually in Dungarvan at the moment, so we can blame the Waterford, Waterford weather. <laughs> plenty of bad it. weather to blame down in Cork as well, though, so I'm not short of excuses. <laughs> But um, yeah, I kind of lost my train of thought there. But I think the Commanders have given up by far the most sacks in the league and they're on pace to you know, break all sorts of records in that regard. Um, interestingly, I saw a good stat that the Commanders are actually allowing one of the longest times two sacks in the league. So on average, the sacks are taking longer to develop, which is perhaps an indictment on um, the current quarterback. So... I think getting Lamar Jackson in that offense, clearly they're a better team with him. That's one team that I could see being a fit. There's 20-odd other teams that would be better at Lamar Jackson. Uh, but I do think it was the, just the futility of the whole situation in approaching him that really prevented some of these teams going from. The thing that really was kind of weird for me was teams outwardly saying they're not pursuing Lamar Jackson. They might have been asked by some reporters or whatever, but just to put out a statement saying we'll not be going for Lamar Jackson was... That will spark those. It was weird, wasn't it? Yeah. But the mad thing is, like, you're talking about Washington, who are going through a full scale re- rebuild after this year. Tennessee likely will do the same. It's a surprise that they didn't do it the year gone by. Or you're stuck in my position that I outlined that it's like this, like, maybe, maybe not quarterback. And it's like, the, like, all these teams could have done their fans an absolute favor and just put the quarterback in place. He's so young. 
that he would have been there for years. And it's like the biggest headache is finding one. He sat there and now we see for the sake of testing a guy out for seven weeks, testing Sam Howell out for seven weeks, seeing Ryan Tannell for seven weeks, seeing Desmond Ritter, it wasn't worth it. And it's like you could have just saved yourself for the future. I don't know. It's crazy. I don't know, boys. It just it just seems like the whole thing just worked out for John Harbour in Baltimore. It all just came together beautifully in the end of it. And it's it's funny because Jason, you you mentioned that there, and it just feels like yesterday when the off season storyline was just what's what's going to happen with Lamar. I remember just sitting, waiting, going, "I'm going to have to record a podcast with the Ravens here very soon. Going to have to get ready for this. This is going to happen." I didn't think he'd play for Baltimore again, and it just shows you how far not just the team, but how far Lamar Jackson's came in that time period. So the way that he played and the way that that offense played last week against Detroit was sensational. If they can keep that up, the world's our oyster boys. It's their oyster. It's all fuel. It's all fuel for him as well. Like he actually looks like he's playing with a new level of determination. So all this trauma may have worked out. He looks so more mature as well. Like there was that play just in last week where he, instead of running forward, he decided just to stay back and take more time. Whereas before he would have just run like a chicken. Look at an egg. Is that a and he probably the funny thing is he probably would have like ran for massive yards just as well. It's just that he's being patient, is the difference. <laughs> <laughs>